Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 8th. It is six minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Well, in elections, Indiana typically has a low voter turnout when we compare ourselves to other states. And this last round of midterms was no different. 41% of Indiana's registered voters went to the polls last month, and that was nearly a 20% in drop from the 2018 midterms. So this is what's interesting about this, is that it is a 20% drop not from, say, the presidential election of 2020 midterm to midterm to midterm yeah. to the midterms it is a midterm or over midterm drop of 20 percent and that is it is depressing it's disturbing and it i don't know and abdul and i talked about this in the previous segment that he was on we went into it in depth on state house happenings i don't know outside of unless you are just hyper motivated by a personality mm-hmm. or how to get people to vote I, I maybe it's just a lost cause at this point right because outside of our listening area mm-hmm. right and it's very similar to the results right people just don't care they're just they don't it's like they don't and i don't know if it's because the public education system has just no longer instilled one the importance of doing your civic duty and the people who have died for your right to have that and how important it is but also they just don't educate themselves on who's running why they're running why you need to vote how you should vote based on your belief systems like it's there's none of that. I mean, it, it, the Diego Morales is a colossal disaster and is going to be a colossal disaster. Even the people in his own party admit that. And you would think, right? So in our listing area, people clearly turned out to vote, went to vote. Our listeners go to vote. Because this goof is going to be in charge of everything from elections to business licensure. And so in my mind, and this is a total misread on my part, I was thinking, okay, People are going to realize this and go, whoa, we mm-hmm. can't have that. And people are going to just show up to vote. Nobody voted. Mm-hmm. It's like they just, unless it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, nobody, nobody cares. Okay. And I think you're onto something here because if you're not motivated by the can, candidate, you're not going to be as motivated to vote against somebody as inspired to vote for someone. But I, I, so be, if you're not inspired by Diego Morales. What's going to drive you to go vote for him? Well, but I viewed it as people saying, wow, you know, because, and again, we get caught up in the Indianapolis side of things, right? It's like, it's like where, hey, everybody in our listening audience is saying, yeah, we're voting for Jeff Moore. Let's go. And you're thinking, well, well, he's not going to win, but maybe he'll get that 10%. And you realized the 17 counties within 60 miles mm-hmm. of Indianapolis Jeff did great. Outside mm-hmm. of Indianapolis, he got like 3%. So the same thing is true where clearly there is a void of participation out at all parts of the state. And what you realize is the Indianapolis media only reaches so many people and then everybody else is just like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I guess if you are not motivated yourself, because clearly the public education system is not motivating 
or educating kids Mm -hmm. or both, I guess, on the importance of understanding these offices, even if they are local, and the importance of civic participation. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I've, I have just thrown up my hands on this and said, look at the condition of this country, look at the condition of this state, look at what's happening around you, and if you still don't care enough to show up and vote, I'm out of ideas. I'm welcome to hear more ideas. But Casey, only three counties. We have 92 counties in the state. Mm-hmm. Only three of them saw over 50% voter participation, and those were all 51%. That's it. Yeah, Crawford, Spencer, and Union County. That's pathetic. Yeah, uh, Mary, Mary, the Marion County one was the one that blew my mind. I'm thinking, okay, crime's out of control. Mm-hmm. Hot, but hot, hot, you know, hot prosecutors race. You got a pretty good Republican running. Mears has done a terrible job. Only 34 percent of Marion <laughs> County voters turned out to vote. I mean, I get it when it's Carson against whoever the sacrificial lamb is. I, you know, I get that the Carson's going to win no matter what. But I'm thinking, okay, everybody's motivated by crime, right? Everybody's affected by crime. Everybody's got us wanting a say in a safer city. Nope. Apparently not. I feel like it's almost a sense of duty. It's uh, many people feel that voting is their sense of duty as an American. And when you have that, that's ingrained in you. That's just part of you. But motivation, that can change from election to election. So if you're that group of people who are waiting to be motivated or inspired and it's not happening, you're not going to go and vote. But yet there's that group, that core of people who know that it is their duty as an American Right. To go vote. And and, that, and they're going to be the constant. And that becomes the broader question that until we have an answer to this, nothing is going to change. Right. And I remember uh, years ago, I saw, I know we've played a little bit of it over time on this show. Jess, Jesse Ventura did an interview with a guy named Graham Benzinger, who has a pretty famous, it was a TV show for years. I think it may be a podcast now. And he was talking about, how he got, how he won as a third party. He's basically, you know, there have been a handful who have done it over the years, but he's probably the most famous to win. And he's talking about the amount of people who voted who don't normally Mm -hmm. vote. And I think about that and I think, well, maybe that was just a personality driven thing too, where those people didn't really believe in Jesse. The more, the older I get, the more I think about it. Cause when I was younger, I heard that interview. I thought, yeah, that's how you do it. You just go find the people who don't normally participate and you convince them that they need to participate. You, you inspire convince, them. You, you motivate yeah, them. Let's go. Right. And then you realize maybe those people just voted because that's the wrestler guy who used to be on national TV and he mm-hmm. talks tough and that'd be kind of cool to vote for that guy. And maybe it wasn't about ideas at all. Maybe it's just, that's just the way it is now. Maybe we are just a society that has taken everything for granted for so long that no matter how bad it gets, like look at how bad the country is right now. If you're not vote motiv- motivated to vote right now, mm-hmm. given inflation and you can't get stuff and the price of gas and the price of food, and, like, the jo- the jobs the inter- it's like what what are we doing here I- I'm out of ideas I'm I think this would be a great um, thing to ask our audience today on our hotline at six eight four eight four 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 how do we motivate mm-hmm. more people to get involved in I'm just talking in the voting process yeah. And why did you go vote this year? Right. What inspired you to go show up? Well, Mike Braun is in the lead <laughs> of his own internal poll. 
<laughs> he hasn't even. He ha- and you know what? We asked this question yesterday. <laughs> when is he going to officially announce that he is running for governor? And I think we have the answer. He was waiting for this internal poll. Yeah, see, uh, to come out. Uh, so. N- n- <laughs> He's in the lead. Nothing nothing says I have infinite money like telling the stooges that work for you. Please put out a document that says I am in the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he has released an internal poll. But in a strange way, when you have infinite money and the money doesn't matter and you spend as much as you want, this is probably a good use of your money because what are we doing right now? We're talking about it here on WIBC. Well, it's, it almost feels like he wants to see how he stacks up against his potential competition. Yeah. So and then he'll make it official. So I think Indiana Capital Chronicle was the first to report this and then... Uh, and then at like people like Adam Wren put it out mm-hmm. afterwards on Twitter as well. So according to Braun's internal poll against the three Republicans, one who is in, another one who is likely to be in, mm-hmm. he's up uh, 47-10-5. That's over t- 47 to 10 over Suzanne Crouch and Eric Doden mm-hmm. has 5%. And then uh, he also gives himself, according to this internal poll, incredible favorability rating yes. amongst Republican voters. 61%. Of, 61%. Mm-hmm. Um, and... If indeed he has a favorable rating of 61% amongst Republicans, mm-hmm. considering Mike Braun has accomplished absolutely nothing in the U.S. Senate, and during his time as a state legislator also accomplished next to nothing other than voting for almost every tax increase Eric Holcomb put forward, including the largest tax increase in Indiana state history. If Republicans view that favorably, mm-hmm. that is quite an indictment of the Indiana Republican Party, which actually, given the people that are running our state, is actually probably totally aligned with the Indiana Republican Party. Okay, so this poll did ask other questions, but the other questions and the answers weren't released to the public. Of course not. And that's info that's going to be used by Braun's campaign. So so my question is to our listeners, hey, if you got polled, Uh let us know what the other questions were. My favorite one, the other one they released, and this is just a total insider baseball nerd thing, but Mm -hmm. it is just great and it shows how petty these people are in politics. So Mike Braun and Suzanne Crouch, who's Mm -hmm. lieutenant governor, Mm -hmm. is are from the same part of the state. They're from Southern Indiana. So they claim that they pulled, and I have no reason to doubt that they actually did this, they called what they called the Evansville DMA. So they broke it out by designated market area. Mm -hmm. And they are so petty, and these people are so self-absorbed and so narcissistic that they go, look, Mike Braun is beating Suzanne Crouch in their DMA even though she's not even running yet. Like, Suzanne Crouch has not declared she's running. There's no Suzanne website. Mm-hmm. There's no, she's not out knocking on doors. There were no statewide announcements, statewide coverage like Mike Braun. But look, he's beating a person who's not even running yet. <laughs> well, and the same thing goes with Eric Doden. So he actually has said that he's running, but he's trailing in, in every favorability and actually well, nobody just, knows who he is just getting votes so it's almost like let's put this out there to show him how poorly he's performing <laughs> in, in a race that people haven't officially announced they're running for well so I, is that just an effort just to get him to concede and just wrap it up before it even begins well and i once worked for the guy that put the memo out and i that was one of the longest about six months of my life working for this guy. So everything that's in this poll seems totally par for the course. And uh, it's uh, just it's just laughable. That I just love that. that she's not even running yet. And look, he's she's losing. I'm winning. <laughs> in my internal poll. <laughs> Gee, maybe this is why nobody votes. Yeah. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up next, we're going to hear from you with our voicemails on 93 WIBC. Good morning. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, 21 minutes after 10. And let's look at some trending stories. Indiana is suing TikTok. And this is to protect children and combat threats from China. No, Lionel Hutz is doing this, right? Yeah, Todd Rokita announced this. Uh, He's filed two separate lawsuits uh, against the social media platform. The first lawsuit asserts that TikTok has drawn children onto the platform through misleading representation that uh, indicate the app includes infrequent and mild sexual content. The second lawsuit alleges that TikTok possesses a large amount amount of highly sensitive data and personal information about Indiana users and is turning that information over to the Chinese government. Okay, so this is another example where Todd Rokita, Lionel Hutz, the the famed attorney from The Simpsons, voiced by Phil Hartman, if he doesn't win, your pizza's free. Todd Rokita, because I don't know if you know this, Casey, but Todd Rokita was like never an actual attorney. He he had a law license. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you elect someone to a job that requires winning cases in the courtroom who has not practiced law. They don't win the cases they need to win. And Todd Rokita has lost a whole bunch of easily winnable cases. Like, I don't know, the one to reign in the governor's executive authority power that should have been a slam dunk. But so when you can't, it's a it's a great government example here. When you can't win things that matter, you try to delve into things that don't matter. This is another example, just like when he went on Fox News and started flapping his gums about that doctor mm-hmm. that's basically getting him sued now. He's in court over that uh, because just do your job. So now he's trying to weigh in on TikTok. Mm-hmm. When here's an idea. I thought Rokita was supposed to be a conservative. I thought rookie, I thought conservatives thought parents should be in charge. If a parent doesn't want their kid on TikTok, which I don't blame them, adults shouldn't be on TikTok either because everything he's saying in there is true about what it is. But how about we let the parents decide mm-hmm. that? If adults want to have their data stolen from China, if adults want to view sexual content, how about we let them? If parents don't want their kids having their data stolen or being manipulated by the Chinese, how about we put parents in charge? This is what we say about the school board races, right? The parents should be in charge. The public educators they're out of control. Okay, well, why doesn't the same thing apply to the cell phones? Do your job, Todd. Win cases that actually affect Hoosiers. Actually do things that help us. Also trending, Celine Dion. Has Bet you been, didn't think I was going there, did I, you? I did not. You know, and I actually thought about this for a while because, you know, I am on TikTok, although um, that's being drawn into question with me personally. If I if I want to continue to do that, I haven't posted in a while. And, you know, this uh, case with Todd Rokita says that there's sexual content, profanity and drug references. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. This uh, I think the app, I don't know, it could be an adult only app. Because well, that's, that's fine, but that you, you as a parent right, need to make that make choice. Make that decision, not have the government make it for me. Yeah, the, the, I mean, it's just it's like on one hand, conservatives say, "Oh, well, the you know the parents should be in charge. absolutely the parents should be in charge." But you're going to tell me you want the parents to be in charge of your kids' education, which they should be. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you're telling me the parents are too stupid to be in charge of their kids' cell phone. You can't. You cannot be both ways. Is TikTok awful? Yes. Is China stealing your data? Yes. Is there probably all sorts of awful stuff on it? Yes. Rob Kendall's not on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Casey, as an adult, has made a choice mm-hmm. to be on TikTok. 
And I uh, could also make that choice to delete that account and abs- get off of it. Absolutely. And your daughter's not a minor anymore. But if she was, mm-hmm. I would bet that you would have not let her be on TikTok because no. you're a responsible parent. Yeah. Also trending, Celine Dion, she has been diagnosed with a very rare neurological disorder. She is canceling concert dates. And so is Aerosmith. They've canceled their final two dates of their Las Vegas uh, residency because Steven Tyler is going to sit these out. He apparently is sick as well. And can we talk about AOC really quick? She's under investigation by the House Ethics Committee. This is a statement from the Ethics Committee. They revealed this. The statement doesn't say why she's under investigation, but it's because she's playing the part of sugar mama to her boy toy. I I also love the people in the YouTube chat. It's a national security issue. Oh, yeah, like Apple isn't stealing your data. Like everything is about like your cellular telephone provider is not monitoring your stuff. I mean, give me a break. Right. Now, this is not about national security. This is about conservative lawmakers who aren't accomplishing the things that they promise people to accomplish, who aren't delivering for people, who can't make anything that actually matters happen, wading into things that they have no business wading into. If you don't want that stuff to happen to your phone, do not have that app on your phone and it will not happen. I, I have managed to figure that out. And as has many other people, mm-hmm. if if you know what it is going in, it's like, if you walk into this room, that big tall guy right there is going to punch you right in the face. Don't walk in there. And you walk in there and you get punched right in the face. Yeah. Whoa, the government must protect me. Um, when we come back. Yeah. I know I kind of went off the rails on that. Yeah, you did. I'm it's just, okay. it's okay. And, I, and look, let me apologize to Lionel Hutz in advance. I'm frustrated by some people in this building, and you just happen to be the first story that came in front of me. <laughs> so I'm taking out frustration from other people on you, but you totally deserve it, Todd Rokita. Anyway, uh, when we come back, mm-hmm. remember a couple months ago when we talked about this mystery land grab that the state of Indiana is doing? Yes. And. We were like, why is the state of Indiana... What are they, they going to do there? They were kind of likening it to what's in North Carolina with the triangle. Right. They're buying all this land. They're kind of, it seems like they're strong-arming farmers into selling their land. The state is not being clear on where the, what the resource, the land is going to go to. Well, I got contacted earlier this week by a couple folks who are being dramatically impacted by this, and they are speaking for quite a few people mm-hmm. out there who are very concerned about what's happening. There is a big event going on next week with the city of Lebanon related to this, and they want everybody to know because, wow, um, this sounds like it could be an absolute disaster. So they're going to join us when we come back. Yep. Jim and Kim Love on the way from 93 WIBC. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And Casey, remember a while back, we talked quite a bit about this, the governor's new fetish to grab up as much land as he can in Boone County. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about how weird that was, that the state is trying to act like a banker to buy up gobs, like thousands of acres of farmland. Mm-hmm. Man, this story just keeps getting more and more weird by the day. And thankfully, there are some people out in Boone County who are saying enough's enough, and they're trying to push back against the state trying to gobble up all this farmland. Yeah. So with us today, we've got Kim and Jim Love. They live out there in the northwest corner of Boone County where this land grab is trying to take place. Jim, Kim, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. 
Thanks for having us. Okay, so you guys had kind of reached out to me and said, look, we are super concerned about this. And 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 I, look, we, Casey and I talked about this time, we totally share your concern. And I think from my perspective, look, I don't, I don't live in Boone County, but I don't want the state acting as a banking agent for Holcomb's buddies to be able to put whatever they want out there mm-hmm. because the government shouldn't be con- competing with the private sector. And you guys share those concerns and, and some others. Kind of lay out what's been going on out there and why you guys are concerned about it. Well, the, the state came in and they're basically behaving like a developer uh, with an unlimited budget. And they've tried to put together about a 10,000-acre track of land. Wow, 10,000. Yeah, and 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 the land that they're looking at or that they're trying to put together is some of the most productive land in the United States that will will uh, rival uh, the, the land in central Illinois and the land in Iowa and grows a fantastic crop without any additional water. So they've come out there, they're trying to gobble up this ground, and, and everybody has their right to sell their land. There's There's nothing you can do about that. But for those who have chosen not to, it's putting a lot of strain within the community uh, for those folks. Now, is this land that you own that is they're trying to buy? Uh, yeah, they have made runs on the farm that we own um, as well, but we've been disinterested in selling to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've been there for multiple generations and, and intend to stay. You know, I think that's an interesting part of this equation, too, right? Number one, the state is acting as a banker and a middleman for preferred businesses. So you've got the state basically kind of picking winners and losers in the private sector. But here's the other side of this, and Jim and Kim, you guys go into this, is that the state is really kind of strong-arming these farmers into selling this land where they know the rules, they know the law, and they're not doing anything illegal, but they're basically making you poor farmers out there feel like, well, you might as well just do whatever we want. We're going to crush you eventually anyway. So you're just going to save yourself a bunch of time and heartache to just sell us the land now. Well, they're not just um, saving them heartache. What they're doing is providing, they're taking taxpayer dollars that you and I have given to the state to entrust for them to do developments like road infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And they have taken them and given them such astronomically large amounts of money for their land. Yeah. That they they feel guilty for not taking it to provide the futures for their children and grandchildren. So, so far, they have closed on, they have made offers on over 5,000 acres so far. So what, so they what, have so, closed on, though, 1,000 acres, 1,200 acres, and have paid over $68 million wow. For 1,200 acres. <laughs> $68 million? That's your tax dollars, my friend. So, so what you're and saying... And you're paying... So that averages out to them making about um, $68,000 per acre. So, Kim, what you're saying basically is if Acme Industry came in and wanted to buy that farmland, and everybody has the right you know, to do that... Acme Industry would not pay anywhere near that amount of, of money for that farmland. And basically what the state's saying is, we've got something we want to go in here. We've got people that we prefer that we want to put here. And since we have infinite taxpayer money, we can pay egregious amounts of money to these people who otherwise might not sell. Right. These small farmers, um, none of these farmers are humongous farmers. A lot of them were family farms that were only five, 600 acres large. 
But when they're offered millions of dollars, mm-hmm. they they sit there looking at their grandchildren and going, well, I guess I really should probably sell so that my grandchildren never have to worry about money again. It's it's an incredible amount of pressure to put on the the kids that have been the adults that have inherited this land from their grandparents and then they're sitting there looking at their grandchildren and going well i should probably do this because i may never get this kind of offer again Mm -hmm. uh kim and jim love are our guests they uh, are farmers in boone county and they're talking with us about this I mean, it, it, to me, is highly egregious the way the state is gobbling up farmland in the northwest corner of Boone County, 10,000 acres proposed, paying super premiums with our tax money to do this. What sort of communications have you guys had with the state, if any? Like, how does it go? Walk, walk us through this. Well, Jim looked like he's about to ready to strangle that microphone You there. made Jim smile on that one. Yeah, go, go ahead, Jim. So I guess the the term that probably comes out the best is Stonewall. Mm. So uh, that we have been given zero information about what's going on. Um, everything that we gain, we either gain through some nefarious action by somebody that was in a meeting that took a picture, <laughs> or uh, or something that gets leaked by by a, a meeting. And so they won't tell us anything because we're all not worthy of the knowledge base. And so uh, we have to find everything out on the backside. It's all rumor. But rumor and, and uh, darkness has been their, their ally because what they've done is they've kept people confused about what's going in. And so there's been a lot of people that have sold because they're like, well, I don't want to live next to that, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And um, so they let some of these rumors perpetuate through the country. And then they came in with a, an out-of-town uh, real estate group who then also made all kinds of innuendo about who could buy it and how they could buy it. And so even though they never used the term eminent domain, they sure beat around the bush a lot. Mm. So there's a lot of folks that have sold that probably otherwise, in hindsight, would not have sold because they were just confused about the, the, the way the thing was going to go down. Where there's smoke, there's fire, it seems like. So you don't know what they plan on doing with the land. You haven't been told officially. Thus far, the only thing that we know for certain is that Eli Lilly plans on building a plant east of I-65 and north of Lebanon. Um, but no, even well, hey, has- hey, real quick, Jim, I, I just want to point out, Casey, um, I'm, and I'm not saying there's a correlation between these two things. You know, Eli Lilly has given a gargantuan amount of money to Eric Holcomb. Mm. Did you know that? <laughs> and they didn't give him any money before he was elected governor. I'm sure that's all just a giant coincidence. Anyway, sorry, Jim, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. But, yeah, that's the only thing we know about. Everything else is, uh, is just uh, the... the free beer tomorrow kind of talk that uh, we've got this awesome opportunity for everybody that's coming down the pike and and part of the thing that we object to as far as the the Boone County Preservation Organization and the citizens is that the manufacturing style that they're wanting to build in this area is this campus style so instead of taking a manufacturing plant that needs 200 acres they're going to try to take a thousand acres and build us basically a state park around every manufacturing facility they put in thus destroying thousands of acres of farmland um, and creating an area that has to be mowed with lawnmowers instead of farmed with farm equipment feeds a, a hungry nation. Yeah, uh, Jim and Kim Love are our guests. They're farmers in the northwest part of Boone County. We're talking about this state land grab that's that's taking place, 10,000 acres, uh, kind of a mystery on what it's uh, ultimately going to become. Now, you guys still have an opportunity to fight this, and that's one of the reasons you're here right now, is this is all predicated on this land being annexed into the city of Lebanon, and there's a big hearing coming up on this right uh on monday night the city council will vote 
on whether or not to adopt or annex in the next 5,500 acres that is due west of the city. And, and if it doesn't take place, if the annexation were to not happen, it would make this highly unlikely to go forward because these developers, these corporations, whatever they are, it's believed they need to be, for some reason, in the city of Lebanon. They desire to have the infrastructure that the city will yeah. have to provide. So out in the county, as farmers and residents, we all have wells and... Um, tiles for drainage and things like that well though in order for this manufacturing heavy manufacturing to go on these companies will need sewers and um, water and uh, treated water not just well water is this hearing that's coming up on monday is it public for the are they going to vote absolutely are they taking comments from people Oh, yeah, this is the second reading. So there'll be a comment period afterwards. It'll be an open hearing. And folks can get up, and, and it's been very interesting because we've attended far too many of these. We were at one just last night. More than you probably want to yeah, this or is ever my, planned on. my new right. least favorite hobby. Um, <laughs> and so basically you get to speak your mind. And it's interesting because within the county, mm-hmm. it is overwhelming the number of people that are uh, not in favor of this mass accumulation of ground. And even last night during the meeting, uh, the, the county's planning committee, the guy, one of the guys asked, is, is anybody here in favor of this from the crowd? And nobody stood up. Mm. Everybody that had a chance to speak or, or uh, spoke their mind was one of those people that said, hey, let's pump the brakes on this. Let's tamp this down a little bit. During the initial annexation, our own city council said, that, hey, this is moving really fast. Um, we're not sure that this is a great idea. Let's go ahead and let this Lily thing play out. But don't come back to us saying that you want to do a whole bunch of other mystery development until we see how the Lily thing works out. Well, at this point, Lily has neither closed completely on the sale of the ground, nor have they moved the first spoonful of dirt. So here we are sitting with a zero. For, the only thing that's happened on that land that Lily's going to build on is the farmers who used to farm it got the crop off of it. Mm. And, and, and I think the worst part about this is then you'll be under the jurisdiction of the mayor of Lebanon, Matt Gentry, who's a total zero. And so that may be the worst part of all of this. <laughs> Yeah, the, the folks that uh, the, the thing is that they talk about this as a voluntary annexation because that was buried deep in the sale contract. Voluntary yeah. in air quotes, huh? Yeah, and it's kind of one of those deals like volunteering to have your house burned down. Mm. If you're moving out of it, it's easy to volunteer to have your house moved down, burned down, but you sure wouldn't do that if you plan on living there. So the the voluntary annexation is because of the purchase agreement on these uh, these houses, they've made it look like the folks who owned it wanted to be annexed, when the reality is they didn't want to be annexed. And if they were going to stay there, they wouldn't want to be annexed. But IEDC wants it annexed in. So so the, basically the whole thing is an IEDC-driven wish list. And thus far, we've had very few people within our county government that have been willing to say, hey, IEDC, I know this is what you want, but this is not what you're going to get uh, in, in this uh, particular case. And, and, and luckily, our county planning commission has done just that and they did that last night as well yeah so again and and there are times trust me i I know this as a former local elected official where annexation is necessary it can be a great thing but the lack of transparency from the state on this is just highly egregious so again real quick before we let you go if people want to get involved with this tell us again when and where the meeting is that people can come to and is there another way can they write or call somebody to to get their voice heard on this the meeting's Monday night at 7 o'clock in the city building on the second floor. 
uh, anyone can is welcome to attend. And they usually take comments um, limited to three minutes per person uh, at that time before they take their final vote. And But in our experience, a lot of it has already been decided behind the scenes before they even bother to listen to everyone. Um, not that that prevents us from speaking. We still feel like, by golly, yeah, you, got, you got us in this mess. You can just listen to what we have to say. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that is when the meeting is. is Monday night at 7 o'clock in the city building, second floor. Kim, you, uh, Jim had mentioned that you've been on your property for how long? Uh, his family's lived there for 84 years. 84 years. And why did you guys reach out to Rob to talk about this? Like, you know, how is this making you feel? Well, we didn't actually reach out to Rob, but a friend of ours encouraged us to speak to him, one of his uh, loyal listeners, Mm -hmm. who is also being, uh, the land around their home is being bought up, and they do not want to leave. And so even though they own 17 acres, which I know to people that live in the city, that sounds huge, but when you've got uh, the entire land around your property on all three sides, that is being bought for development, it all of a sudden seems like a postage stamp. Yeah, yeah. the the opportunity to make Holcomb's life more difficult was just too much for me to pass up. I said, we must cover this story right away. (laughs) Uh, Jim and Kim, thank you guys for speaking out. We really appreciate it. Keep us posted because, yeah, you guys out there deserve much better than than this. Again, there are oftentimes an annexation could be a great thing. This does not appear to be one of those. So good luck and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Good morning, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday we were talking about fast food and McDonald's, and I had mentioned a national story where McDonald's was serving the cheeseburger for 50 cents, and then Jazz sent me an email and said that he went through the drive-thru and that McDonald's location had never heard of what he was talking about. <laughs> so, well, that figures. But this story, Wendy's is launching an Indiana-exclusive item. This is called the Hoosier Biscuit Bowl, and let me clarify, at participating Indiana <laughs> The radio broadcaster told me to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this Hoosier Biscuit Bowl will feature buttered biscuit, homestyle seasoned potatoes, sausage, gravy, a fried egg, and shredded cheese on top. So if you plan on going to Wendy's, ask them first before you place that order. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 1057. Good morning.